Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord, and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Rejoice Marriage Ministries, glad to have everyone here and coming in, and we're just thrilled to have everybody. It's going to be a special night. I am excited what we're going to be talking about because it's about preparing our hearts for Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And I just want you all to get ready to uh, celebrate and rejoice in the Lord. He is, he is worth being excited about for this next three, four weeks. We've got Palm Sunday coming up. And then we've got Easter coming up in one month. So we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians if you want. Undo it on your phone or you can do it in, with your Bible. I just want to bring a couple of uh, openings for you to prepare your heart tonight. There is a scripture that we use for hiding God's word in our heart um, just recently that has just been rolling in my mind for a while, and it still is. And I'm going to be talking about it, and I'm going to start with it tonight. 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 1. And it says, The message of the cross is foolishness. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. That's really heavy-duty, guys. I'm going to teach this again and mention this one scripture when I start again tonight. But the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The ones who have become blinded, the ones who have backslidden, the ones who have never come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our Christianity, our believing in our Lord Jesus Christ, all of that is foolishness. The cross is foolishness. And so what we want you to understand that this is the word of God. This is the word of God. And go down to verse 18, now jump to 25. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So we've got to get these scriptures that we understand who we are in Christ, who God is. God sent his only son. And we have to understand that. And that's, I'm going into my teaching. I don't want to repeat it to you twice, but you may need it twice. But we've got to understand that the Lord wants us to know that he sent his only son to die on the cross for us to have salvation, and eternal life. And that is, Billy Graham is in heaven alive. And when I die or you die, we're straight to the Lord. And that is such confidence that we have eternal life. Now, 
let's go to First Corinthians 25 and read the whole thing. The foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. Well, you may not have wisdom right now. You may still feel like you have a lot of questions and you don't have any answers. Ask God. He will speak to you. He will tell you what you need to know. You need to write it down in a book. You need to write your questions in the book, in a notebook, whatever type of book, in your computer and label it, whatever, so you can find it again. But we need to write questions and then he will answer us and he will speak back to us. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, same chapter, just jumped down. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. That is of him that you are in Christ Jesus. So we have, we who has become for us wisdom from God. Once you become saved, once comes you know the Lord Jesus Christ, that is our righteousness. Righteousness is holy living, Christ-like living, okay? Holiness, we want to be, he wants us to be more like him, more like him every day. Pick up the cross and follow Jesus, be more like him. And the last but not least, he wants us to know that we know that we're saved, that we have redemption, we have eternal life. Therefore, as it's written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We don't want to boast about ourselves. We don't need to say how successful we are. Only by the grace of God, we all are where we are. And God has a plan. He has a purpose. And he wants to come and rescue each and every one of us. And he positively wants to rescue you or your husband or lost loved ones, this month is the month that you are going to turn up the heat in your prayer life again for the salvation of lost loved ones, the salvation of all your neighbors, your family, friends, because there are two services that people will go to through the years and each year. What's one? Amen. Christmas. They almost all will go for Christmas. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, whatever it is, or even a, a, a musical, a cantata, they will go. And they'll go with their family. They'll go with their children. So what we want to do is we want, and then what is the second one? Easter. Amen. And sometimes I believe that there's more people go to Easter than they do for Christmas. Amen. Okay, so we've got to, what are we going to do this whole, I'm going to keep saying it all evening tonight. We're going to pray all this month. And this is a good month maybe to fast one meal a week, one meal a day, one meal something. Do something to sacrifice and say to the Lord, I am sac I'm praying for all the husbands and wives who are gone. Just, just don't pray for your husband and wife that are talking about leaving, pray for everybody who doesn't know the Lord. We, are, we want a revival. We want a lot of restored marriages in April. That's what we're praying for. And they could start now. Because if we start praying, God can move. So anyway, I'm really excited about it. 1 Corinthians 1 is excellent scripture that you can read. But I want you to know 
that the cross is not foolishness to us, but that is foolishness to the ones who are perishing, who do not know the Lord. It is foolishness. They don't believe in it. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in church. They don't believe, they may not believe anything, but there's many of those that are preacher's kids, have been raised missionary kids or raised in a church and they got enough of it and they said, I'm not doing it. They're, they went in on the tails of their parents and they never made that final commitment to sell out to the Lord and say, I want to surrender my heart and life to you, Lord. I want you to live within me. And that's what we must do. So anyway, I'm really excited about our teaching tonight because we've got four weeks to do a lot of praying and asking the Lord to save many, many marriages. We, you know, we like to talk about hundreds or thousands. We believe that we are praying for a breakthrough, okay? So we're going to sing tonight two songs right, right after another. One is Glorious Day, which you'll recognize, and Christ the Lord is risen today. So may you stand up and let's worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And let's prepare our hearts to get ready for Easter with the beautiful songs that we have to sing. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my turn Till I met Come 
seated. While you're sitting down, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today, God. We thank you um, for the opportunity we have to just come here freely and without embarrassment or without condemnation and to worship you. Lord, I thank you that um, there is something like Rejoice Pompano Bible Study that exists that can give us a place to um, learn more about marriage, to learn more about our relationship with you, and to learn more about standing and praying for 
those prodigals that are in our lives. God, I pray that as we look towards Easter and as we look towards um, really focusing this month on the price that you paid by sending your son, Lord, I pray that we would not get caught up in looking at what happened and the circumstances that led up to that and what happened on the cross where um, so many thought it was hopeless. But Lord, instead that we would focus on the resurrection because we know that the battle is over. It's been won. We know who wins. And I thank you for that. I thank you for giving your son. Um, if I was the only person alive or if one person in this room was the only person alive, you still would have given your son for us, Lord. And we thank you for that. God, I pray that tonight that everything that is said and done would bring glory to you. I pray that you would be um, just lifted up in all that is spoken, even in our conversations and our prayers with each other. And I pray that we would walk out of here changed and committed to fight the enemy and to stand for our spouses. In your name, amen. Well, thank you for being here with us tonight. Um, I'm Lori, for those of you that are new, and we're glad that you're here. Um, I'm Bob and Charlene's daughter, and um, if you don't know who Bob and Charlene are, you're going to find out tonight. So you'll walk away um, knowing who they are. Um, before I do a couple announcements, I want to find out, do we have anybody with a birthday in the month of March? A few. Okay, there's some over here. Well, happy birthday. And how about an anniversary in the month of March? Nobody got married in March? Really? They all did it in February, I guess. All right, well, you birthday folks are it. So tonight on your way out, you can stop by the bookstore and you can get a book or CD as a, a birthday gift from us. And um, the rest of you, if you would like to look at what's back there, they're on sale at Bible study. So they're $5 at Bible study for the books or CDs that are there. Um, I, how many of you listen to the Fight for Your Marriage podcast? All right, we have a podcast called Fight for Your Marriage, and on our Rejoice website, rejoiceministries.org, you can go to the website, and under media, the very first option is Fight for Your Marriage podcast, and that is a great thing to listen to. I was just talking to um, one of my twins that is in her first year of college, and I said, when you're getting ready in the morning, when you're doing your hair, when you're folding your clothes, like you can be listening to these things. We have, I don't have my phone with me, but we have this technology now where we're carrying computers in our pockets and we can use that for so many good things instead of fearing it and thinking it's so evil. But we can listen to these things and just constantly um, be reminded and, and have the word spoken to us. So while you're you know, doing your dishes, it goes by a little faster if you're listening to something and getting some teaching. And go, I have to listen to, when I listen to a podcast, I listen to them twice because I'll listen to it in the car and then I'll have to go listen to it again when I can actually sit and take notes. But honestly, I'm hard-headed. So it takes me a few times to hear something to really get it. I don't know if anybody else is that way. Um, but listen to the podcast. My mom did a couple recently. One was, Will You Trust Him? The title, I mean, that's going to speak to somebody. And Stop Looking at Your Circumstances. Hmm. Again, guilty of that as well. Um, we also did one recently called Coffee with Charlene, and we asked if you could um, ask Charlene a question and just go out to coffee with just the two of you, what would you say and what would your question be? And so we got through a few questions, um, and we got a testimony today from a lady in India, and she said, the Coffee with Charlene came at just the right time and addressed my immediate issues as my spouse was traveling the next day. After listening to Charlene, I was able to pray and give it to God and relax and enjoy time with myself and my child. 
where I would have been in despair and having sorrow. And so that was one of the things that she talked about. When you listen to it, I won't give it all away, but we can so easily look at what's not happening in our life and then we ruin everything around us because we're upset because something is not going our way. So um, how we can take that focus off of basically ourselves because that is our selfishness when we're doing that. Um, so anyhow, check out those podcasts. It is great to listen to and um, we'll encourage you. And there's like one new one a week coming out right now. And so we'll send you an email and tell you when they come out as a reminder. Um, if you're new tonight and give us your email address, we will put you on that list as well. Um, open up in your Bible with me to Isaiah 54 real quick before we move on. Isaiah 54 which is a great passage. The whole, the whole chapter is wonderful. But I want you to look at the last verse. And you might know this verse, but you know probably the first few words of this. And it starts, no weapon forged against you will prevail. And so often we stop there, like, hallelujah, no weapon forged against us will prevail. But if you keep reading, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. Do you ever feel like you're accused and, and being accused by others? This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's what I really feel like you should underline, even more than no weapon formed against you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Like, you know how important our heritage is? And people like Ancestry.com has built a whole business out of our heritage. We have heritage with Jesus Christ. And he tells us right here, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Because I am his, I, I have access to this heritage. And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. So right there, no weapon forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. So we don't have to walk around like we have a question mark over our head. Well, I don't know if this is gonna happen. I don't know when this is gonna happen. I don't know if God hears my prayers. I don't know if God really wants to do this. Does God even care about me? I mean, have I hit on any question that you struggle with going through your mind? We can say, Lord, I know no weapon forged against me will prevail because I am a her in a heritage with you. God is so powerful that he, that he gives us that. Well, we have one person that's going to come up here real quick and share a testimony and um, just share an encouraging word for you. Thank you, Lauren. Hi, I'm Pebbles. I just wanted to share something as I saw everyone worshiping and some of us are weary and tired in our battle, but we're all in a battle together, right? But there's one who has already conquered your victory, right? So I need you guys to really try this weekend. This is something I heard from Tony Evans, right? Look at your palms right now, all of you, okay? When we get to heaven, there's only gonna be one person with scars on his hands, and he's gonna be the first one who greets us, and he, not your husband, not your wife, not your children. He deserves all our worship, all our dedication, so I know we're tired, but give it all to him, because he's the only one with the scars on his hands, all right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is the truth. Well, we're going to take a few minutes and spend some time in prayer, um, and we're just going to gather up. For those of you that are new, we're just going to get together in groups of two or three. There may be people around you um, that will pray with you. If you see somebody that's new, um, regular people, if you would just grab them, 
And we don't need to spend a ton of time telling our circumstances, but we can just lift up, um, pray for yourself in this time. And the person that you're praying with, we would just ask that you would commit to pray for the person that's in your group or the couple of people in your group this month. That is our weapon that we have is prayer. And it's so powerful. And it's powerful when we can pray for other people and intercede for other people and see that God's moving and changing circumstances in their life. So um, men, if you guys want to gather in this big area over here, because I know we have several men that are here and you guys can pray together as a group if you want. Um, and let's just take a few minutes and we'll spend some time um, alone right now just with a small group praying. Worship his holy name Sing like this. Ten thousand years and then forever. 
Lord, as we come to you again, I thank you for the praises and for the petitions that are going up in this room. God, I know that you hear each and every one of these prayers as if it was the only one being whispered, and we thank you for that. Lord, I pray for each husband and each wife and each child that's represented in this room tonight. And God, we ask that you would just go after them. Lord, there's so many here that are hurting and in despair and struggling because they don't know where their husband or wife is and they don't know what tomorrow holds with their relationship. And God, I pray that you would just give them a peace, that you are in control. We know that you have won the victory. We know who wins in the end, God, and I pray that we would live lives that are reflective of that. Lord, I pray for the men and women that are our prodigals, and I pray that even right now in this moment that they would just feel the Holy Spirit prompting them to turn their life over to you, God. I pray that they would feel the prompting to go home, to call home, to check in on a child that they've abandoned. God, I pray that you would just do miracle after miracle for the loved ones that are being lifted up in this room tonight. And God, we know that you are able. And I pray that you would help us as people and as Christians to see the hand that's moving day after day. It might not be the full restoration tomorrow, but God, we know that tomorrow prayers will be answered. And instead of complaining that tomorrow's not the day of restoration, I pray that you would help us to be joyful when we see you moving, when we see answers to prayer. God, we know that each and every person in this room that's praying for their marriage to be what you intended it to be is a testimony to somebody around them. It might be in-laws, it might be children, it might be neighbors, it might be people in their church. But God, we know that you can use each one of these circumstances to bring glory to yourself. And that's what we ask. Lord, we want to be used and we sing praise songs and we say, use me and make me like you and mold me. And then we complain when you start to use us and you start to mold us. So God, help us to be willing to be molded. Help us to be willing to be like clay in your hands. And sometimes that clay needs to be thrown to the side and start over. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be willing to accept that from you, God. If you need to change us, we pray that you would change us and you would make us into your image so that you can form the marriages to what they should be. Lord, we pray tonight that as we hear from your word that you would just clear our minds. We pray that we would be able to put aside um, the events of a busy Monday and the things that are happening at home, the things that may have happened with a husband or wife on the drive over here. We pray that you would just clear our minds and just speak to each and every person in this room, God. We know you're faithful and that you will do it, and we will thank you for all that you will do. In your name, amen. As you're sitting down, I want to read you another scripture from Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And that's what we're praying for our spouses, that God will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon if you commit a crime, you have to pay the price and you have to go to jail and you have to do the time, you have to pay your ticket, but God freely pardons. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. My way, I want things tomorrow. I want it. I want an answer to that prayer. I want that problem solved tomorrow. But God sees the whole picture that we can't see. So neither are his ways my ways. Verse nine, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That's what we need to focus on. 
God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We have got the, vi the view of the street in front of us and God can see the whole earth and he knows exactly what is happening and we can trust that he is in control. Will you stand as we continue to worship him now and we're gonna sing one more song. from the grave by name You called me out of all my shame I see the old is past away The new has come Now
Do you want your spouse free from their sin? Then we have freedom, and there is freedom in Jesus Christ. And Galatians 5.1 says that so very, very clearly, that there is freedom in Jesus Christ. Now, do you have freedom? Do you walk around in victory? Are you walking in defeat, looking at the circumstances? You have to walk in faith. 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 We have to walk in hope. If you let the enemy battle for your mind and you have given up on what God can do, you do not have a risen Savior because... He paid the price. He paid the price. That can be you. That can be your spouse. It can be your child. It can be all of your family and loved ones. Do not know Jesus Christ. But we must believe who we serve. And we need to be praising the Lord this month because Jesus Christ died on the cross for all of our sins. He didn't pay, he didn't, when you accepted the Lord, he paid the price for all sinners. For you alone, like Lori said. So this person can represent your wife, can be your child, or can be a guy. Your husband, or it could be your brother. I have a brother. I have many family members don't know the Lord. It keeps me on my knees praying and asking. And you know what? 99% of the time, I do it daily. Because I do not know what could happen suddenly. Where have you been for the last month since you left here? Where have we been in Broward County? Broward County has been weeping. I've been weeping. And I, I cannot imagine the kids are all going back to school this week full time at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. And many of you do not know about this, but you may have heard about Parkland, Florida, and wonder, is that where Charlene lives? Yes, that's right where we live. We live in Pompano, and Parkland is very few miles from us. Very, very few miles from us. Many of our friends and people we know go to that high school, go there, uh, live in that area. It's more out west. I live on the beach, and they live where they can have horses. But that's it. I mean, it is an awesome school, and it was the last school that anybody would think it would have happened to in Broward County. So we need to pray for all our lost loved ones, because we do not know what can happen at any time, any day, or be in a car accident. We do not know. And I am saying, wake up. Standards, wake up. Wake up. It's not about us. It's about our family members, all of us, 
to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and that it's not about my happiness, it's about our whole family, all our loved ones, where we go to church. Do I, you know what? I hate to tell you, there's a lot of people that go to church that are living together, going in and out, look like husband and wife, and they are not married or going, and they are lost right now. They're, they're living in sin. You know why I know that? My husband did it. Every week, he went to church every week with his Bible, had it wrote all the notes and, and notes in his Bible. We have the Bible. I, I used it at, at a conference once. I said, I can read you what he wrote down in the Bible. He had not, he, the devil was blinding him, was deceiving him, and he had opened the door to sin. And he thought, because, because of what we were having going on in our, in our marriage, that it wasn't going to change. He lost his faith. He had a call on his life. And oh, he did it. He finished the call well because he wrote 19 books after he came home and much more, many more devotions than that. So the point is, do not, do not quit, quit, thinking. When the devil tells you how bad your husband or wife is, or your circumstances are, or how hopeless they are, do not believe the devil. What lies are you believing? Now, I don't recommend books. I really don't. I don't even, I don't even push my own books. I, and, but I will tell you, if you want to hear uh, this in long form, go to the media and hear all what we say, but their CDs, Bob and I were in the, we didn't have the cell phone, so we did CDs, and they're good, and people go to sleep listening to me, so you may want to go to sleep listening to me, but I'd rather have you listen when you're awake and you write notes, and, and that might help a little bit more, but I want you to understand that we need to know we're in a spiritual battle, and it's Satan's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And in God, Jesus Christ, let's go to... Now, everybody's going to laugh at me. Anybody who was here last month is going to laugh. Let's go to John 3.16. Yeah, how long did that take for me to get through John 3.16 last month? We can laugh about it. I'm going to do it fast. But go... <laughs> okay, that one knows me personally. But John 3.16, I got to know, everybody know that I presented the gospel. Billy Graham died, and he presented the gospel. He presented an altar call every time he spoke. He wanted to make certain if there was anybody that didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, if they were living on lies, that he wanted to tell them the truth. And he died at 99. Wow, is that amazing. That is amazing for how many people's hearts and lives were touched in all those years that he was alive. But we want you to understand the most important thing is for you to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior Next important thing is for your husband or wife and children to know 
the, their, their Lord and Savior, and then go down the list after that. We need to remember. I love my, my little, um, I like visuals. So if I like visuals, you get visuals. <clears throat> but look, look at that stone. I mean, look at that nail. And you know what? Back a few years ago or recently, we made a nail. And, and some of you have that. And you know what it says? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, I pray tonight that as we present the gospel, as we go and pray for husbands and wives and children and all our lost loved ones, may you touch all of our us first, us first, change me, mold me, make me, and make all of us to be what you want us to be. You have a call on each of our lives. You have an assignment. And you have an assignment right now that we're to pray for our spouses to have marriage, to come home. If they're home, praise the Lord. We have to love them unconditionally. And Lord, we pray that ones that are speaking and if they're going to leave, we're going to pray you will block the door. Block it that no one will ever be able to walk out in anger or bitterness or hatred. Lord, we want you. You paid the price for all sinners. And we want you to change all of us to be the husband and wife that we need to be, the mother, the father we need to be, the brother, the sister we need to be, and on and on. We need to be filled up every day with the word. And we need to read the word. But we need to listen to the messages from pastors, from leaders, from our marriage ministry, if you've got marriage problems, and we have to grow in the Lord. And Lord, thank you. Thank you for, Heavenly Father, for sending your only son. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for being obedient. Even when you were in the garden, you said, take this cup and let it go. Let may I not have to bear it. But you said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And you were willing to pay the price. Thank you for paying and shedding your blood on the cross for my sins and everyone else's. All we must do is ask him to come into our heart and forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And let us all that do not know Jesus tonight be the night that we ask Jesus Christ to come into our hearts, our lives, and may you change us to be all that you want us to be, Jesus. And thank you for the Holy Spirit who speaks to us morning, noon, and night. Lord, cleanse our minds from any and all impurities that are lies from the enemy, and may we stop thinking and dwelling on the lies, and may we take the thoughts, and may we have a mind of Christ, and we will just give you the praise and the glory. Anoint me to say the exact words you want me to say tonight, and may everyone be touched and blessed by you, Father, as you're the teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So there are the visual aids. There are the visual aids that we must be able to understand that we need to pray for people. 
We're going to pray for the high school that's reopening. We have to pray for our husbands and wives. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to, to save the world through him. To save the world through him. That's it. That's all we need. We need to understand where we're headed and that the Lord wants to take away. We prayed over here in a circle before we started tonight, and we prayed for the media to work out perfectly. We prayed for everybody to come in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. We want every one of these chairs filled up, and we want to be able to have it go out tomorrow when it goes out, or they can listen to it live right now, that they will hear it and they'll tell somebody else you need to listen to this and use multiplication of sharing that somebody you know has marriage problems that we can stop it by going and getting them to learn what you're learning. We want to stomp out divorce in our churches. We want to stomp out divorce in America. We want to stomp out divorce around the world. Do we not? Amen. Amen. So let us go and let us remember what the cross represents. Let me, I was doing my hair this afternoon. This is right off. This is fresh. Oh, I have to put it because you can't see your face. Oh, how did you like these? Do you like the illustrations? Okay. This is the illustrations for the media. And now they have to go away because they can't see my face. <laughs> and I didn't know what everybody was saying. Is this all right? This one isn't. Okay. The cross. Without the cross, we haven't got anything, people. Okay. I couldn't understand what they were saying to me. But we got it. English works great. But the cross... Sorry, people, this is uh, technical. I'm, not, I'm used to looking at you. Let's go to the cross right now. The cross. C represents the cross. R represents redemption. So I'm going to do an acrostic. So you might get it, because the Lord gave it to me tonight. So cross, redemption for our, us, me, our, sins. The sin is the S. And the second S is for the cross, is redemption for our sins and for our salvation. So when you look at a cross, remember those words now. May it have new meaning to you in a new way. Let's go to Ephesians 1. As we were singing about darkness and light, but we also were singing about resurrection power. And Ephesians 1 has those exact words in, um, in that. So let me start with verse, um, Ephesians 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You are able to stand and fight for your marriage by God's grace and mercy. 
the Lord, the Holy Spirit living in you will empower you. He will equip you. He will speak to you. He will do things that you cannot even imagine. He will, when the devil steals your sleep or anything from you or finances, tell the Holy Spirit, Lord, restore what the enemy has st stolen from me. And there's so many things. He's stolen our spouses, our kids. He's stolen so many things. But God wants, is, wants to resurrect. Remember Easter, Resurrection Sunday. The reason we celebrate it so much is that he arose. Jesus Christ paid the price. He shed his blood. They nailed him to the cross. But the point is, is that the most important meaning is that Three days, they thought he was dead. The disciples disappeared, except for one or two, his mother, Mary. And, and what they, you've seen the movie, Jesus, I'm sure. I'm sure you've seen many movies about this. We have got to decide, are you going to be one that scattered? Are you going to be an unbeliever? That when he died on the cross, or it looks like it's really dark outside, that... It's, it's over with your marriage restoration. It is not. My husband went to church. I, I could not handle that. How can my husband go to church with the other woman with his Bible and, and, and lay down in the car? I mean, it, the devil deceives you. Now, I now want to tell you, pray they do go to church because the gospel is presented in the church and they will get touched by the Holy Spirit. And my prayer partner, who was originally my prayer partner, Vera, her daughter got saved in this church. And my husband knew her from with me. And so he said to the other woman, we're going to go sit down in the front and watch her daughter get baptized and be with them because I know them. And she called me up the next day or later. I don't know exactly what time. That was a few years ago. But she goes, I saw Bob today. And my daughter got baptized, and guess who came and sat with us and was praising the Lord that she knows Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? My husband! What's the other woman? Now, I'm telling you, you're going to get mad. You're going to say, no, because my husband did what he should have done with me there. Correct? Okay, we were just had to get, we have to get through that process. And there's a process that we all are going to go through. Remember Deanne when she held up her, she thought she wasn't getting an engagement ring uh, in December, but remember in January what she held up and said, look at my ring, I wasn't even expecting it. You do not know what God is going to do. But my husband went down and represented, praising the Lord to Vera that her daughter came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So he, she got to pray with them, and, and he prayed with her. I mean, you wouldn't believe what your spouse is doing. There is, want them to go to church, because God will speak truth. And that is what I want to say. God will speak truth to your husband, to your wife, at the proper time. And that is the most important thing. Let God tell him, go where he, Lord, take him where you want him to go and put a hedge protection, a wall of fire around them. 
And you pray. Your praying is going to, is the key. Your praying is the key. So in him, him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins through him in accordance with the riches of God's grace. See, if you hate them, it's going to be hard to hate somebody while you're praying for them. If you've got a lot of anger and bitterness and hatred, uh, I want to tell you, you need to knock on your own heart and you need to start confessing your own sins because the Lord wants us to be like him. So go to Ephesians 5 and read it. Go to read all of Ephesians. This, all, all of Ephesians is an awesome book this month to read. I'm going to give you homework also. Let's do John. Read John. If you haven't read John, read one of the Gospels this month. Because we need to remember what Jesus said in the red. We need to remember what Jesus said. If it's in black, it's now more Bibles are coming out black. Just highlight it, what Jesus said. Because there is such power in God's word. So what is the most important key to your marriage restoration? It's repentance. We want them to, re the cross brings repentance, salvation, and redemption. The cross brings repentance, salvation, and redemption. And all the little stories that you're going to have, like Bob and I have, you're going to have those stories of what the Lord did while you were home alone or while you both are trying to work on your marriage. Some of the greatest news is people are finding us while they're still together. And that is huge because we want them never to separate. We want them to, I want the husband or wife who loves them and is praying for them and not feeling unhappy and feel like their marriage is dead and it may be dead in the bedroom and you need to start some uh, fire into that bedroom and we need to get our family right. We need to be all that the Lord wants us to be in the, in the Bible. So we've got to say the secret key is repentance. So my three words for you this month is to pray for repentance, pray for salvation, and pray for redemption of your entire family and loved ones. And you, if you do not know the Lord. Because we need to pray for all the prodigals, all the standers around the world, all the lost loved ones. There are many of you who do not have a good relationship with your mother, your father, your grandpa and grandma, and all of these others. We want to heal those. And we want your heart to be healed that we can restore all these relationships. I know there's been wounding. We don't agree with that at all. But we're asking the Lord to heal your wounded heart and be able to forgive them. Forgiveness is important in, in marriage restoration. And that's why we don't want you to keep thinking all the bad about them and that forgive, you, know, you hate them. Well, then if you hate, you aren't forgiving. Is that right? All right. So we want you this month to be a month of a lot of victory spiritually with yourself. It's about us this month because we want the Lord to touch them 
on Palm Sunday or on Resurrection Sunday on, in April. First, first Sunday and we meet Monday. Okay? So we want you to understand the importance of us praying for repentance because your spouse has to repent. My husband went to another church where he moved away to and he had her come up every other weekend and some of you, I'm new, I just met two new people tonight and I, he asked me to, um, would I mind coming up and as I thought he was marrying her, that's what he told me he was doing, but he said, you know, I would like to have us to bring up the kids sometimes. But most of the time, he said, would you have mom and, my mom and dad watch the kids? And would you come up and I want to have you meet the pastor where I go to church? And I go, yes. And because uh, so I couldn't imagine him saying, one week he's got her and the next week he's got me. I'm wondering how he's going to do it. But he already told him, and so the pastor, I'm going through a very difficult time. I, and I was saying, you're double-minded. Double-minded. James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1. Double-minded. So anyway, the bottom line was, is that Bob introduced me as his wife. Now, I was divorced. I knew I was married to him as my husband, but he, I didn't think he knew I was his wife. But he said, this is my wife. And he says, you know, I talked about this. And I just stood there and zipped my lips, which you need that CD. A hundred times you need to listen to that one because we still get people say they aren't zipping their lips when they need to zip their lips. So obviously we need to really have that. But the bottom line is we need to grow like the Lord and be more like Jesus. Pick up that cross and follow that narrow road of following Jesus Christ. So it says here that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. God's going to give you wisdom and knowledge and, and direction in everything. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure he purposed in Christ. God has a plan, a purpose, and he, all you have to do is say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do now? What about right now, this minute? Well, I've got, I don't know what to do about this circumstance. Let him tell you what to do. Ask him. You know, ask, seek, and knock to put into effect when the times we've reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and earth together, one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity. I'm getting there. Let's just jump to verse uh, 14. To his who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance under the redemption of those who are God's possessions to the praise of his glory. Redemption, yes. Okay, verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all saints. We need faith, we need love. Do we not? We need to be filled up to overflowing with God's agape love. And you can get rid and say, fill me up with your agape love. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. Just pour it into me. But, and just hold your hands. 
My husband, when we were at another smaller uh, place at a church, we would uh, sing, fill my cup, Lord, fill my cup. And we would hold up our hands like this, fill our cup, Lord, fill our cup, Lord. And Eddie, who is with the Lord now, and Bob, um, would just, he would play on the piano when we had, we didn't have these. For this reason, we need to have love for all the saints. I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Paul was a prayer warrior, was he not? If you read the 13 books of Saul, who turned into a Paul, never doubt that your husband or wife probably could not have the MO of what uh, Saul had. He did a lot of bad things. He, he tells about all the bad things he did. So, but Jesus saw what he could do using him. Never doubt what God is going to do for your husband or your wife in the future together. Never doubt it, or even alone. You may have a call in your life, but what does your wife have? You have a call in your life, you want to do things in the ministry, what is your husband going to do? There, you know, remember, let us not be so angry and bitter that our prayers are being hindered. Because it, it, they are being hindered if we have unforgiveness and, and hatred in our heart. I came verse um, 16. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You want to know him better? Ask for wisdom and revelation. I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened. That is what we need to pray for your husbands and wives. Open their eyes. Turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, to receive forgiveness of their sins. Acts 26, 18. We need to have their eyes open to the truth. When I met that pastor, he had a picture of me. He may have visualized it all many different ways, but he now had seen two different women. And the Lord, then he allowed the Lord, he now knew what he had to do. And then he talked to Bob in the future and said, I can tell you what God would want you to do, and you need to make the decision. And he gave him a book I had been praying for him to receive. You know, you, you cannot, never doubt the power of prayer and be, pray, pray in detail, pray specifically. Pray how you want things. I mean, don't pray. I wish they would do this or something crazy, but pray what the God would want you to pray, you know? Pray that my pastor would call my husband or wife. Pray my best friend will do it. Who, what, who are you wanting to, what, what is God asking you to do? I would pray that you would listen to all what we have available. I pray that you would read the daily devotionals. I pray you will listen to all fight for your marriage because I know your strength, your faith, your hope will get rooted deep in the soil and you will not be swayed by circumstances. 
I know God's word is alive. And we've got to believe that. So anyway, let's go on. Um, I pray that the eyes of your heart and their hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope, the hope to which he has called us, the riches of his glory and inheritance, and in his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realm. There is that resurrection power that we're talking about. That power that raised Jesus Christ from the tomb straight up to heaven after he walked the streets with his disciples for 40 days. He arose. He arose. He's alive. Bob loved the song, He Lives. He Lives. And he is alive, and we have got to understand that. So we are going to pray for repentance which is a 180-degree turn in changing behavior. Do you need a 180-degree turn in your behavior first? If I was to talk to maybe your husband or wife, they may be able to tell me a lot more than I, have, I know you as here. <laughs> Did you get that? Yes. They may say... They left because of the da 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 da. Well, you got very smart and you repented and you turned your heart to the Lord. And now the word that we're going to pray for is that they will forgive. Because many of these men and women were mighty men and women of God, but they threw it away. Did they not? How many? How many men and women, because of the wounding that we ourselves have done, did, did they leave because they'd had it up to here? And we have to admit and we have to repent. We have many prodigals that have turned into standers. And they're the strongest men and women of God because they know what they did, and they've repented, and the Lord, and they're saying to the Lord, now give me another chance. Give me another chance. And that's what he did, Saul. So he turned into a Paul. So may I pray that you become a Paul, or a Pauline, or a Mary, Mary Magdalene. She, Jesus cast out seven demons out of her. He used... Um, so many mighty men and women. In fact, when, when Paul and uh, Silas were in the prison, now this is not on my notes, but anyway, when they were praising the Lord at midnight, what happened? There was an earthquake, and the jail opened up, and they all didn't go anywhere. They prayed, and who? The jailer. The jailer. Who accepted the Lord? The jailer accepted the Lord. He and his... Thank you. He and his whole family. It's not just about our spouses. It's not about just us. 
It's about our family, our loved ones, and the people in the church that the pastor will, when you walk in that church with your spouse on your arms and say, we've gotten remarried or we want you to marry us or whatever, you are going to see God getting the glory and honor and praise. And that's what we want. We want the Lord to get the glory, not us. We are, we don't give us glory. Don't give me any glory. Just say, I am, I'm, we're being, Bob and I were obedient to proclaim what Jesus Christ can do. It says, if someone comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ, Luke 15, 7 says, Luke 15, 7, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Luke 15, 7, that is what you want to pray for. That is what you want to pray for. We want to pray for souls to be touched. What is repentance? I'm going to explain it by reading what the Full Life Study Bible says. It's a person decides to turn from sin to salvation. That is what we need to pray this month and for every month, every day. Turn from sin to salvation. In Christ, it involves accepting Christ not only as Savior, listen to this, but as Lord of their life. Jesus Christ says, I surrender all, all. I'm going to surrender everything. When I, Jesus is saying, I'm knocking at your heart's door. I want, your, I want you to be my, I want you to have salvation. But I want you to be, I want to be Lord of your life. I want you to do what I tell you to do. I want you to turn to the right or to the left. If you hear my voice say, turn to the right, don't go left. And how many times do we do things my way? I mean, we've, we've got the world saying, it's my time, my way. And, and you know what some people are saying and, and wives are saying? I like being alone better than I did with being married. I'm, I'm, not, I'm happy being alone. If you're saying right now, I am happy being alone, watch out. That is a lie from the devil because you are married and you are married in God's eyes, and he doesn't want you satisfied that you don't have a husband or a wife telling you what to do, or you have all the cooking to do, or whatever they want you to do. That is a lie from the devil. Do you understand that? Does that make sense? Okay, I didn't see anybody. They were, you were tranced. <laughs> I, I mean, because you, you want me to, you really want me to believe this. Yeah, I really want you to be living married. Live married. That means no guys. Guys, no women. Meeting, praying. It, once in a rare, rare moon if it's on the phone, but you get, men, men stay with men, women stay with women. And I, I mean, I have to go round robin. I mean, I'm widowed, I can remarry, but I'm, I am married to the Lord in this ministry. But I am saying, use caution. The business women nowadays, I'm not even gonna go into politics, I'm not even going into what has happened, but we need to pray for holiness living. 
And this, we need to be serious about our dating or, or looking at anybody. Do not look. Do not have lust of the eyes. Do not go into the worldly way of living. We, that's what we have to understand. So let's go on. The meaning of repentance in the American College, the American College Dictionary reads, to feel self-reproach, um, contrition for past conduct, change one's mind with regard to the past action and consequences of dissatisfaction with it or its results, to feel such sorrow for sin or fault as to be disposed to change one's life for the better, to remember or regard with self-reproach or contrition and to feel sorry or regret. Bob used to say, I regret everything I ever did. You're going to regret, and you probably have already started regretting things you have said, words you have said, actions you have done, and, and some of you have made mistakes to get even with your spouses. Repent. Repent. Ask for God's forgiveness. And go and know you're cleansed from all unrighteousness. You're cleansed. When you repent, confess your sins, you are faithful and just to be forgiven. So we want to have a repentant heart. We want to know that all what we're going to do. Let's turn to John 12, 46. It is going to be an exciting month because I am believing God is going to do mighty things in the Lord. I am I'm believing that Resurrection Sunday and even before, many hearts and lives are going to be transformed. We're hearing and seeing them already on the Saturday testimonies from Christmas. All right, John 12, 46. When he looks at me, let me start out with when at 44. Then Jesus cried out, when a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Now, that is for you tonight. Are you battling darkness? Are you double-minded? Are you thinking, you know, I don't know if I can do this marriage restoration? Well, really, God says many places, um, I hate divorce. So really, we don't have choices. If we follow God's word, we want to stay married because God, what were your wedding vows? We've got to go back over our wedding vows. You're not a doormat. You are a child of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and he wants your husband or wife to come to their senses and escape from the trap of the enemy and to come home to you and to your family. He does not want those children raised by somebody else or have you be a single parent for the rest of their life. We know the consequences and the statistics that, that non-Christians are saying is happening at schools. We know. So we must say, I choose to do it the Lord's way. When you hear or see from your husband, just start praying. Even if they call you, when you see it on the phone, pray, Lord, give me the wisdom and knowledge of what to say 
And may they hear the love of Jesus in my voice. And may I not lose it. And Lord, may I not say no instantly. Because there are some people that when the husband or wife calls up and says, can you trade weekends or days? You are quick to say, no way. That's in granite. And I'm saying to you, start acting like you're married. And if they say, I've got a, a, a commitment, can I change it? It doesn't matter. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Do you really have a real good reason why you can't trade? I want you to start saying, boy, they are so different. They were never like that when I was living with them. They always wanted to argue with me about something. Like your wives see you're a man of God and you have integrity and you aren't hard to live with or that you're willing to change things. It's not in granite. What would Jesus do? Uh, Bob asked me to trade. He called me up and said, I can't make the, um, the alimony that I need or the child care. It wasn't alimony. It was, uh, it was the, the, for the kids. And I said, that's okay. Now, I want to tell you that was not okay to my budget. <laughs> Let me say that much. But I would say, that's okay. I understand uh, when you get it, just send it to me, and I'll work it out with my finances, and it'll be okay. And I got on my knees and said, okay, Lord, you know where my finances are, so will you please tell me what I'm supposed to do? Well, that's when we ate macaroni and cheese and scrambled eggs and all the things that you can do very cheaply. And you know what my kids had the nerve to say when they, Bob came home? Why do we have to eat all this meat stuff and potatoes and all this stuff? Why can't we have like what we used to have, Mom? They, they had good memories on the, the stuff of the cheap things. I want to tell you, that's in a book. If you haven't read it, you didn't read the book. But I'm telling you, there are good things that are happening going on that the kids don't think it's all bad. Lori thought it was all bad that she had to go and have a second mother. And so she can tell you about that. She writes about different things. We don't want your kids to be around the, that other person. That is something you can pray about. Sever and cut and destroy all ungodly relationships. Amen. All. We don't know what they're doing or what they have done in the past before you were ever married. We want to sever, cut, and break all soul ties. In the name of Jesus. We want to pray and break all the generational sins to the third and fourth generation it talks about. They'll be passed on to the Father. We want to break those and remove those by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and just have our generation be the example that from this generation on, we are not going to have divorce in our generations. That our kids are going to hate divorce and they're going to want their marriage restored with their mom and dad. They don't want to marry somebody where they are not sure that they're going to say, I want a divorce. They want somebody that they're sure, they're rock, that they don't believe in that. So we've, we need to understand that. Uh, let's go to Colossians 1, 13 to 14. I was a bad girl. I didn't type out all the scriptures to, um, like I could have, but I didn't. Because I want you to open up your Bible and mark it. So... This is one way of doing it. 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Let's start in verse 10. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, that's that resurrection power, according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully, joyfully, joyfully rejoice. Remember, joyfully give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought us all into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. There is a scripture you need to write down and read Colossians 1, all of it this month. Or you can start in verse 3 and go to verse 14. You need to understand what this is saying to us. We need to understand that he is going to, we need to pray the word rescue. Rescue me from darkness. Rescue me from the enemy. Rescue my husband from all the things that they have opened their life to. We need to pray, rescue them. If you call 911, what do you expect to have happen at your house? We're going to have rest. We're going to have fire trucks. We're going to have. We're going to have um, the paramedics coming. We're going to have the police come. That's what happened at the high school, is it not? They had. They had. We can't believe how much that was sent over there from every every place. They rescued many people. We want our spouses rescued from the darkness that they're living in and from the lies that they're believing. We want the truth to set them free. We love when we have couples and we have so many that say we are living together and we're working on restoring and resurrecting our marriage to be all that we want it to be because we say things we should not say. We do things we should not do. So we want to pray that you would pray for your husband or wife or children to be rescued from darkness. And look up the words, all the different words for darkness. If, let's go just flip back. I'm going to flip back to Ephesians 5, 8 for just one second. But I want you to get visual to understand this, that your husband or wife circumstances are nothing to God's resurrection power. That he, he, he arose, he, he delivered and set his son free from going to, into Satan's camp and, and all that he did. Read about the word, about what Jesus did. He paid the price defeating Satan. Satan thought he was winning on the cross. He lost 
Three days, they, they thought they were celebrating that, but they also put a seal on it. They also put guards around the grave and the tomb. Why? Because Jesus was doing miracles over and over and over again, and they doubt. They were wondering, is he going to do a miracle? Is there going to be a miracle? Yes, there are going to be miracles. We're going to have our marriages restored. And that is... That's a miracle. And that is what pastors believe when you walk in, and I'm the one that they told me to get a divorce, and they walk in two and a half years later, and he says, well, I, I want to get, I know that I should have come home from the very first day, but I didn't. I was disobedient, but I'm coming home now because I can't stand her prayers. Because the prayers put Holy Spirit conviction on you and on all of us. You know, I, I want everybody to pray for me. I want to, and I pray for you every day. We pray for all of the RMM family every day. And we've got to understand there's power in prayer. Never doubt. Even if they're short prayers, but get serious about praying. And if you haven't seen the, one of the podcasts, go back to the podcast. Because there's one about when you wash your hands. How many have seen, heard that one? Okay, great. We got a lot more to go back and listen to that one. You all don't know what I'm going to say, and I'm not telling you tonight, because you need to listen to it. Is it not? Pebbles, you, I've got Pebbles shaking her head. See, so we got to get more Pebbles to have more people and all to learn what you do when you wash your hands. Right? Okay, that will give you a hint. But Ephesians 5.8, it says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists... Now, let's listen to this. And, and, and let's do a spiritual heart examination, okay? For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. So we're not, don't tell everybody what everybody, what your husband or wife are doing. Zip your lips and tell the Lord and pray. Remember, when you walk back into that church or walk back into your fellowship with your couples that you were with and friends, they remember all the bad you've said. You've been forgiving your husband or wife every day. That, those, all those couples haven't. So you've lost all your friends. Unless you said, pray for them. That's it. God knows. God knows Everything, just pray for them, for God's perfect will. Can't go wrong with that. So that's how we need to not tell everybody how bad our lives are. Because we are all, were once in darkness. I was in darkness. I, was, I thought I was the one that really was being mistreated and abused and so forth. But then when the Lord turned the light on me after I divorced him and didn't have the spirit of forgiveness for him, when he sent him home a couple of times repenting and say, try, give me another chance. Are you kidding me? 
How many chances do you want in 19 years? You know, I mean, that's what I said. What did you say? What have you said? Have you forgiven and let go and let God? No, we need to forgive. And we need to love our wives unconditionally and husbands unconditionally and trust the Lord to make them into new creatures in Christ. And that is one of the scriptures that I don't see at this moment. But Psalm 18, 28 says, O Lord, keep my light burning. My Lord turns my darkness into light. Psalm 107, verse 14, he brought them out of darkness and deepest gloom and broke their chains away. That is Psalm 107, verse 14. Your spouse is in a chain of adultery. If their spouse is in any sort of chain, break it and break it by praying. Psalm 107, verse 14. You are, we can be deceived by different ways, but the Lord is greater. And all we have to do is listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that God is God is the answer. Do you remember Nicodemus? Nicodemus was a member of the Jewish ruling council, but he went to Jesus. You do not know who is watching you, who is listening to you, and who is going to be saved in any denomination, that even though they don't go to church or they do go to church, they may not know the Lord Jesus Christ. So he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. He's admitting that, but he's Jewish. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with you. So Jesus taught Nicodemus in John chapter 3 that each of us must be born again. That is another word you can pray in your prayers is I'm giving you different words. Rescue my husband or daughter or son or whatever. But also, may they be born again. That is in John chapter 3. And Jesus taught Nicodemus that each of us must be born again. That's the only time it's used, but it says each of us are sinners unless we change from our life of sin to a new life of obedience. And it says to our Savior, and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Obedience is not easy while we're standing, is it? No, it is not. I will not tell you it is. But let the Lord be the one you're obedient to. And say, Lord, help me to be obedient to your will and your way and show me what, what sins I have that are blocking restoration. There may be areas in our life that we need to ask the Lord to change us. Bob saw a change in me. I started being quiet and not argumentative. I was his administrator and I kept coming into the house and he said, you always forget to take off your hat and you kept being in charge of everything, you know. And have an answer for everything. I did not submit to my husband like I needed to. So ask the Lord, what do you need to do? What areas? Ask the Lord, show me this month what areas that you want me to change 
for my spouse, my husband, my wife, because he will show us if we only will ask. Jesus told Nicodemus two times about this vital key to change a person's being. If Nicodemus was going to be changed, who was Jewish, can you imagine that what he can do for you, your husband or wife or children? Don't doubt in God's resurrection power. I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus said. Surely he cannot enter a center. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. And he said, you should not be surprised at my sayings. You must be born again. This new birth is recreation. It is transformation of that hardened heart, that heart of stone, to a heart of flesh. And you can take that heart of stone, and the Lord can remold it, remake it. Jeremiah 18, he takes that clay, and he makes it all new again. And he may see some things on that clay he doesn't like, and he does a lot of... of if you have never seen a potter and the potter at the wheel of what they do to make a beautiful vase, let me tell you, you will learn that he is asking us to go in and be, let the potter, our God, to mold us and make us to be the husband or wife we need to be. Read Jeremiah 18. This transformation changes their heart and their spirit and their behavior. That can be for you too. It can change our behavior, our weaknesses, our failures. So our heart's desire is that you will pray for your spouse every day and that they will confess their sins and they will be, have godly sorrow Godly sorrow in 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, now this is another word to pray for, godly sorrow. Would you not like to see your spouse repenting and crying out, saying, forgive me? Yes. My heart's desire is that they'll have godly sorrow. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10, this is one of the scriptures that would be good to memorize. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. 2 Corinthians um, 5.17, let us go there. I've got a couple more scriptures and we are done. And we've got goodies for you to eat. So, and we've got praying to be done. If you want prayer and partners to pray for you. So 2 Corinthians is talking about that we are a new creature in Christ. So, 
That is what we want to pray for. We want to pray for us to be a new creature in Christ. We want to pray for our spouses to have become a new creature in Christ. And this is a very popular uh, scripture, a chapter of 2 Corinthians 5. Um, it's called The Ministry of Reconciliation. I have got a lot of writing on it, yellow circles. I have writing on the side columns. So this is, um, and treasures and clay is chapter four. So that would be another one to be, uh, and it says in chapter four, verse 16. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is only temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. That is a scripture, is a freebie from the Lord, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 and 17 and 18. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Now let's just flip the page to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is what we're praying for. Do you believe he can do it? Of course we believe he can do it. Okay, I, I thought you had decided that the Lord could not do that. Now, you know, I feel sorry for Lori when she's up here. Your reaction sometimes, we need to get, we like uh, people talking back and forth to us. But we believe, do we not believe, all this is from God. He can turn and change us to a new creature in Christ. We believe we're going to be a new creature in Christ, but do we believe that our husbands and wives and children are going to be a new creation? Yes. Amen. I knew you got it. Okay. Amen. If you don't, you're taking the wrong, you're in the wrong ministry because we believe in miracles and miracles are happening. Okay, Acts 2, 38 and 39, we're going to finish with. We need to pray. As Billy Graham said, repent. Repent. How many times did he say that in his lifetime? Acts 2, 38 and 39. These were scriptures the Lord gave me when I was praying. And I'm honored. And I love them. I would use them every week if I could. It would be excellent for you to pray for weekly. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 5, has he uh, heading on my Bible, forgiveness for the sinner. Is that good? So you can read it. I'm not going to... I'm not going to... That's not my scripture for tonight, guys. So you're going to go to Acts 2, and you're going to the end, and you're going to go to, let me see, where am I going? 
Well, I got to get out of 2 Corinthians. I need to turn to Acts. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm not as... I'm, I didn't turn the page yet. I was too much correcting you. Sorry about that. God put me in my place. Okay, Acts chapter 2, verse, and this is our last scripture. Peter replied, and let me go back one scripture, 30, uh, 37. The spirit is for all believers. When the uh, people heard this, they were cut to the heart and to Peter and the other apostles. Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now here's the secret. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. And I have Bob's name there. For all. That's where it's Bob. That was Bob. For whom the Lord our God will call. He will call them. And then verse 40 says, with many other words, he warned them. He pleaded with them. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message that day were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's what Billy Graham did. That's what he did. Thousands would be accept the Lord in his ministry at a time. We're praying for our spouses to accept the Lord, but we're not going to just pray for them. We're going to pray for other prodigals, other husbands and wives, brothers, sisters, family members, and church members. People at the church that are not married, that are having affairs, that are in your church, and they're visiting there because they want to join a church that will accept them. And you know what? They won't tell them what they're doing. They're just going to look like they're married. I know that. But you can make a difference by praying for everybody in your church that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ to get saved. Isn't that what we should do? So we're going to do it. We're going to do it this month. And what we start this month, we pray you're going to keep on keeping on and keeping on because we want hearts and lives and souls transformed and saved because when you get your heart right your husband or wife is going to notice it and they're going to want to reconcile because it's a ministry of reconciliation that's what jesus had jesus christ wanted everybody to come back to him and and then you get miracles on top of it think of how many people he touched and healed think of how many demons were cast out of people there are a lot of things that when you have them come back into your heart and life, what God will use you to pray for other people. And you will be blessed. Blessed mightily in Jesus' name. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for the powerful message of the cross, the blood, and that you died on the cross willingly for all of us to be saved. And Lord, I pray for the sinners to repent. I pray that they will confess their sins and be faithful and just to forgive. You will forgive them of their sins. We pray for transformation. We pray that you will do all that needs to be done in the, on the cross. <clears throat> we pray for redemption. 
We pray for the sins to be done and we pray for their salvations. The cross is all we need. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us be more faithful and more disciplined and more um, burdened about all that do not know you. Burden about our loved ones who do not know you. Burden that suddenly there could be an accident with our spouse and we need to pray that you would protect all of us from the evil one. Lord, I pray you would help us remember to put on the armor of God on ourselves, each and our family, each and every day, to protect us from the fiery darts that the enemy shoots at us. Lord, help us learn Help us be disciplined and hunger and thirst, thirsty for the word of God. May we not become complacent. May we not become lazy. May we not get weary. May we not get tired. But may we be faithful to you and to your will and your way. Lord, resurrect all the dead marriages, the ones that are living together, and resurrect the ones that are in a tomb that look dead, like Ezekiel 37, the dead bones. May you breathe into them. May you touch them. And may they come to life again because you died on the cross and you paid the price. Lord, touch our husbands, our wives, our children, and our churches, and awaken all of us to rise up and to pray for the ones that do not know you personally as Lord and Savior, May you touch them and may they be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. And may the counselor, the greatest counselor, the Holy Spirit, speak to us morning, noon, and night of things we need to know and do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit RejoiceMinistries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.